Hello and welcome to episode 286 of Retro Encounter. I'm Mike Solosi, and we're here in May of 2021 to celebrate a very special game that's very dear to my heart because it is the 35th anniversary of the Dragon Quest series. And today is the first of four Dragon Quest episodes in a row for Retro Encounter. But before we get into more details, let's introduce the panel, starting with Zach Wilkerson. Hi there. And making his Retro Encounter debut, Wes Illiff. Hello. And making his Retro Encounter return, Rob Steinman. Circle gets a square. Oh, wow. We, is, this, is this Charles Nelson Riley? Is, is <laughs> I do what I can. Is that what you're doing? Oh, wow. Uh, oh, man. That, that, that's a game show reference that, that, that truly uh, warms the cockles of my heart. Because we're not exactly doing a game show today, but we are playing a weird podcast gimmicky game. Because if there's one thing I love, it's those. Uh, we are do- bringing back our fantasy draft format because um, I have not played fantasy football since 2018 or so, and I am trying to fill the void in my heart left by that <laughs> by, by drafting video game characters for vaguely unexplained reasons. Um, so today we're doing a Dragon Quest fantasy draft. Each of us, uh, through a snake draft format, is going to assemble a team of Dragon Quest characters. We're not trying to assemble necessarily the best team or have our teams face each other in a fantasy season, but we're just going to you know, try and make fun teams of characters that we like uh, with a vaguely fantasy football theme, um, I've, we've talked about the, we've done this a couple times on Retro Encounter, but remarkably, we have not had a, a single recurring panelist between any of the draft episodes, other than me, Zach, Wes, and Rob. We basically understand the format, what we're doing. I think we've sure got do. a good idea. Yeah, yes. I think I got it. For the record, that was a Paul Lind impersonation. Paul Lind. Paul Lind. We were Paul looking for Lind. Paul Lind. I'm sorry. It's it's uh, okay. um yeah panelists from '70s game shows. They they all sort of run together for me a little bit, but you, you could have fooled me into a Charles Nelson Riley. No, that's fair. I've just you, you got to figure. I've been on a RuPaul's Drag Race uh, binge here lately, so you know watching well, Bedlam okay. Cram. You know, oh, there. Okay. Well, first of all, you were talking about Snatch Game, and I was talking about an actual panelist from actual <laughs> Match Game. <laughs> yes, but Paul Lind was on um, Hollywood Squares. Yes, correct, but okay. We so, could do this all day. Let's we, keep we, going. we could. All right, I was thinking Match Game. You were thinking Snatch Game for two celebrities with vaguely similar voices. Uh, 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 mistakes were made. But um, before, yes, we, before we go into the game properly, uh, uh, all four of us are longtime Dragon Quest fans. There's, no one is trying to prove their mettle here, but... Let's just go around the table and say, what's one thing that we like about Dragon Quest? I'll go first. I like how the monsters in Dragon Quest can go from weirdly weirdly intimidating to weirdly adorable with like with almost no difference at all. It's I love the monster designs in Dragon Quest. Anyone else have just one thing to share around the Thanksgiving table? I, I, mean, I love the simplicity of it. Like, I know when I pick up a Dragon Quest game, I know what I'm getting. I know you know, sort of where it's going to start, where it's going to end. And any surprises along the way are great, but, like, for the rec- for, for the most part, I understand what the tone's going to be. And I love that. I'm going to say uh, hunting metal slimes. Uh, there's nothing uh, quite as amazing in a video game as when you see a metal slime. My wife uh, says that I, I always start shouting, Metal Slime! as soon as I see one. Uh, that is, like, the most satisfying thing ever in a video game, and my heart breaks every time they run away, but that just makes me want them that much more. I, I think, for me, it's Dragon Quest might be the comfiest series I've ever played. I sit down with a controller, fire up a Dragon Quest game, and I'm a kid again. I'm at home. I can unwind in any situation. All right. So that is nice and happy and, and comforting and nostalgic thoughts on Dragon Quest. Now let's get to some 
cutthroat, <laughs> argumentative, backstabbing thoughts on Dragon Quest because it's time to draft. Uh, now, as usual, we are having, we're drafting teams of eight, and uh, we're following specific rules and ca- categories that are probably overcomplicated, but I'm designing this, so... <laughs> well, it's good to know we can curse on this podcast. <laughs> I, I'll have the uh, Chocobo Wark uh, um, sound bite at the ready, or maybe I should change that to like a Dragon Quest casting or something instead of the instead of our usual bleeping noise. We'll we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. But anyway, the, there are eight categories that will require a little bit of explanation. So let me go into those uh, eight positions: one hero, a, a main hero from any Dragon Quest game. One companion, which is a human party member from a Dragon Quest game. One monster, any generic monster character from a Dragon Quest game. One job, with the idea that you're, you know, picking up a generic person out of the tavern in Dragon Quest Three or Dragon Quest Nine, and they are getting a job from a classic Dragon Quest game. One villain, which is a named important bad guy from a Dragon Quest game. It doesn't have to be the final boss necessarily, but just a, a named unique villain rather than a recurring random battle monster. Then you get two flexes. And uh, a flex can be a second or third companion, a second or third monster, or a second or third job, but not a, a second hero or a second villain. And so that's seven positions, including two flexes. And the final position is the super flex, similar to flex from previous episodes. A super flex can be any named character from any Square game, NX game, or Square NX game. So those are the eight positions that we are drafting for. You can draft them in any order that you want, but once someone has been drafted, no one else can draft that character. And we can play fast and loose with some categories, like, like Saber from Dragon Quest V could be a monster or a companion, reasonably. Uh, or same thing with Lizzie from Dragon Quest VI. But that, that's why we have, you know, flexibility in those flex categories. Uh, so we, we basically understand what's going, uh, what the categories are and what the rules are. Sounds good. Yes. Yep, yep. All right. So snake draft format. Before we started recording, we decided on an order randomly. And the order is going to be Rob, then Wes, then myself, then Zach. And then, so we're going to go four, uh, one, two, three, four, then four, three, two, one in reverse order. So, Rob, you have the first pick of the draft. Who is the number one overall pick? I, I, I'm going to do it. It, it shows uh, probably my one of my favorite Dragon Quest games. I think it's the hero that everybody's going to want at some point. I am picking the hero from Dragon Quest V. All um, right. All right. You're talking about a guy who can tame monsters, a guy who helps sire the actual heroes who will defeat the big bad. Uh, the turban just looks outstanding. I just, I, just his whole journey makes it so that he is the hero for Dragon Quest, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever seen such a powerful turban cloak staff combination in video games. <laughs> it, it's hard to argue, really. It's a brilliant fashion choice and and a brilliant journey that he takes. I, I think we're all Dragon Quest Five here, uh, Five fans here, right? Uh, oh, for sure, absolutely. Right, if yeah. you don't like Dragon Quest Five, it's like <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like get get out. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's like a, such a unique hero in the yes. in the oeuvre of like Dragon Quest in general, and like um, I like um, all the time travel stuff with him. And one of my greatest disappointments was that he wasn't a costume change available in, in Smash Brothers. But like, I understand because he uses a staff instead of a sword. But I was still sad about it. He does show up in the final Smash, at least. That's something. That's true. Yes. We, uh, which is also mirrors my my disappointment why you can't really properly play as Proto Man in that game. <laughs> but again, he shows up. He shows up in 
one of Mega Man's final smashes. But we're not here for Mega Man. We're here for Dragon Quest. And uh, Wes, the, you you are now on deck for the second pick of the draft. There is one and only one character that I need in order to make sure that my team is what it needs to be, and that is the Sarina Elena from Dragon Quest Four, the one and only choice. Boo. For pick number one. That was my choice. Oh, wow. I knew someone was going to get it. I'm so glad I got there. <laughs> or, or one of your choices, because, Zach, you're going to have two picks in a row for yeah, shortly. But, uh, but, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, Elena, uh, Elena <laughs> is, a, I think, a rough approximation of a martial arts martial artist class from Dragon Quest III, because all, all the DQ4 yes. uh, characters are basically a DQ3 job. But she's, like, one of the most kick-ass ones. She gets... <laughs> she's... She, she gets critical hits so often once it, when yep. she's leveled up a little bit. She 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 rules. I'm a sucker for this archetype where they give you a character that you think looking at the design is going to be one thing and then it's something completely different. You see this this princess character in what looks like almost a witch's hat and you know you you know she's going to be the main character and first thing she says is no, I'm going to a martial arts tournament. Uh, I, I thought my game was glitched. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like she's wearing like a magic hat. Why is she not she's not flinging spells? Is something wrong here? I was about ready to text Celosi and ask what was going on. Yeah, why why does the magic girl have 0 MP? That's weird. Oh, this she just really she's weird. she's just annihilating she's everything. <laughs> the I, absolute top of the top. Uh, when we talk about Dragon Quest Four next week, I'm sure Alana will have some thoughts on Elena. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, only one letter apart from from the names there, and that's not the, that's not even the twentieth time I'm going to tell that joke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're up to the third pick in the draft now. It's my turn, um, and I should have thought ahead a little bit more than this. But I am going for a human party member slot and picking Silvando from Dragon no! Quest XI. No! Oh! <laughs> oh! So people crying out. Mm. I, I love Silvando. He is the ultimate, uh, ultimate morale boost for any party, and he's also just uh, really good in combat, of course. But mostly he is just sort of the signature character from a really great cast in Dragon Quest XI. Uh, I, I love Silvando. So far, we're picking... Incredible fan favorites here. Dragon Quest V hero, Elena, Sil- Silvando. I mean, very, very beloved trio to start off the draft. They were the top three on my board. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <All nine. laughs> Whoops. Shouldn't have gone last, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, how do you guys build your Silvando in, in, uh, in Dragon Quest Eleven? Because you can do a, a bunch of different things with him. You can use daggers, whips, two swords, sword and shield. But I, I like giving him two swords just to maximize his style po- uh, points for yep. all of those uh, style skills he can use, like like, um, like Hustle Dance. Yep, that's what I did. Um, yeah. I made him a little bit more of a support in my second playthrough, but yeah, that I, I made sure that Hustle, Hustle Dance saved my ass more than once. Oh, yeah. Gets that octopus every time. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's the only healer you need for like 90% of the encounters. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, what's his biggest drawback? Sometimes he has MP problems if you use his best skills a ton. But I mean, he's he's Silvando. I can't say a rude word in his, in, in about him at all. It's it's a struggle. Nope. But speaking of struggles, uh, Zach, you have two picks in a row now because you you're at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, and we have annihilated your big board. I guess you have top Good three luck. all gone. <laughs> um, so who's okay. your first pick of the draft? This is gonna take me a second. Um, Hmm. I think I'm going to start with the job, uh, the best job in the game, uh, which uh, in many of the games, which is hero. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. Heck of a pick. 
I mean, he can do everything. Uh, the hero can do everything. It's an excellent job. And my second pick is also going to be a job. But it, it's, I just feel like it's a, it's a jack of all trades. Does all the things. You know, any character can be a hero in the for the hero job in Dragon Quest six and seven. So I, I I thought about disallowing this, but I think I'm, as the commissioner, I think I'm going to let it through. Sure, a hero is a valid job choice here. So can you're just a luminary. Um, luminary and hero are different jobs in different games. Luminary oh, okay. is sort of is sort okay. of the uh, the Dragon Quest nine evolution of the pop idol job, but hero is a distinct job all its own in Dragon Quest six VI and seven. Um and, and hero's not even the biggest the most powerful offensive or magic job in seven. It's a it's sort of its own unique Jack of all trades ultimate healing thing. Yeah, um, so the first, uh, Zach's first pick is Hero, and you said you were picking another job for your second? I am, which you just referred to. I'm going re- to pick up uh, Champion, or God Hand, uh, from uh. Dragon Quest Seven, mm-hmm. um, which is just totally busted. I mean, like, basically your best team is almost always, like, one Hero and then three Champions, because they just do insane amounts of damage. So going all offense here. Right, it's, it's Champion in the 3DS version and God Hand in the PS1 version. And they, it, it's, it's basically the combination of every single good offensive job in that game. Champion is, is pretty busted. It's The only reason you don't have four champions is because maybe you kind of want someone with multi-heal or omni-heal or, or Kazing mm-hmm. in there, right? Yep, you got to throw a Sage in there at some point. All right, so two jobs back-to-back for Zach's job slot and his, and his first flex slot in uh, the beginning of round two. So now it's my turn again. I think I'm going to go with my hero pick now. And I'm going with the Dragon Quest Eight hero. That's fair. That's fair. Good, yeah. good pick. Uh, good he's, pick. He's real good. He's good with swords and spears. He gets the Dragon Soul skill, which is pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, and his marriage options are maybe better than the ones in Dragon Quest Five. <laughs> Hard flex right there. But also, Dragon Quest Eight was. Not the first Dragon Quest game I finished, but it was maybe the one that got me the most excited to play Dragon Quest again, uh, because I, I I sort of got back into Dragon Quest after trying a bunch of NES ones uh, right around um, when eight came out, and I even played Dragon Quest five for the first time in less than a year before eight came out. So like I, like I, I consider playing five and eight back to back my Dragon Quest re renaissance. So I, I've, I have a lot of affection for eight, even though I've only beaten it twice, once on PS2 and once on 3DS. It was my uh, first Dragon Quest. I played that while I was a sophomore in college. Yeah, yeah, that's around when I... I think I was a freshman in college, so around the same time. But, uh, Wes, it's your turn. It doesn't matter what uh, year in college you were when you played Dragon Quest VIII. <laughs> uh, but, but you have um, everything in the Dragon Quest world minus six characters and jobs to choose from. Well, there are, there are two and only two characters that I need to make sure that my Dragon Quest party is, is the ultimate Dragon Quest party. Uh, and my number two pick is my monster slot. I need a Slime Knight desperately oh, in my life. Oh, I thought about a Slime Excellent Knight. Choice. I Excellent thought about choice. A slime, yes. I thought about okay. a Slime Knight okay. not, not two minutes ago. <laughs> my absolute favorite Dragon Quest monster of all time, hands down, no questions. It's unfair that they are so easy to recruit in Dragon Quest V, and they should never leave your wagon the entire game. They're they're just they they can equip uh, uh, metal king equipment and and like give you full heal once they gain a couple levels. They're they're so reliable in DQ five. Like my once you get the wagon, that getting a slime knight is your first move. The hero of the monster world. Hmm. Ooh, but that means Slyonheart is still on the table. 
Ooh. For now. Maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> See how many slime knights I can get in here. <laughs> All right, so Rob, you have now two choices in a row for the end of the second, beginning of the third round. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, human party member. Uh, I got. I got to be honest. I thought we were going in order, like we, like all of us were picking a hero. So I was. Uh, nope. I was a little surprised, but that's did, that's on does, me. Does everyone have to draft a quarterback in the first round of a fantasy draft? Uh, okay. No, that's. It's. I said it was on me. Okay, like that's okay, my right, fault. Right. I, I wasn't attacking you. Uh, or I probably would have gone after Silvando pretty early. So a uh, human party member, I had to think about this because uh, unfortunately, I do think that sometimes the party members in Dragon Quest games can kind of. You can kind of forget about them sometimes, and I think a lot of that has to do with maybe the older games being purely text-based or not relying on the party chat feature to learn all about the characters. But the one who stands out in my mind, he was just always my buddy, no matter what. He was always there for the gov. I'm going with Yangus. Oh, party member. oh I Wonderful. love Yangus. That, that is just a... Yangus was... I think in a lot of ways, Yangus was the heart and soul of Dragon Quest Eight again. That was my first Dragon Quest. I think the the English dubbing on that game is so damn good, and it it just sounds great. It adds to the whole mystique of the game. And having this, you know, oh, cool, blimey, like this just Cockney dude just talking like that the whole way. I just amazing, amazing. I, it, you know, it blows my mind a little bit that the original Japanese release of Dragon Quest VIII didn't have the orchestral soundtrack or the uh, or the or the English language um, voiceover because I think the, I think those are like two of the crucial components of that game, mm-hmm. especially agree. for Angus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, for how rough and Angus is, and for how cool Angelo's uh, British accents are, those are just in, endemic to the DQ8 experience. But uh, Rob, that that isn't your only pick right now because you, no, uh, you got you get you get two in a row, and Yangus was the first. I think I'm gonna get goofy. I think I'm gonna get a little goofy, but you gotta <laughs> you gotta hear me out on this one, okay? I'm gonna go with a monster party member, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pick a metal king slime. It's an excellent choice. <sighs> now, now my reasoning here, my reasoning here is that if I take this party into combat, everybody's gonna be focused on that metal king slime. So he's going to take all the punishment, and he's going to be really hard to kill, right? So then the rest of my party can just decimate everybody. And and Yangus can learn heal, and you know healing that Metal King slime for twenty five HP is basically a hundred percent, right? <laughs> so like, uh, I will have a very hard party to kill. In, in Dragon I Quest have... Eight, the best monster team is almost always the best Metal Slime you can get an okay healer, and then the best offensive monster you can get, which is why it's like, it's like Cure Slime, Hell Gladiator, Metal King Slime is sort of the ultimate party in that game. So you're, you're, you're going with the, the classic um, tank healer DPS strategy here. Uh, that's what I decided to go for. I think it's served me well most of the time, so I'm very happy with my choices so far. We're also um, 100% of the chosen drafted monsters are slimes, so we'll see if that trend continues, because I have at least one or two slimes on my list I'm considering. Uh, But, Wes, you could draft another slime, or you could draft almost anything else, because you've been going with party member slots for your first two choices. What is your draft choice number three? It's such an open field, but... You know, I, I kept telling myself there were three and only three. No, I'm not going to do this every time. Uh, I, I think it's about time to fill in that villain slot since no one else has gotten there yet. Uh, oh, and I think for me, I, I got to pull Dual Magus for it. Ah! Oh. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was going to get someone. I, that, that was the, that, I was deciding between Metal King Slime or Dual Magus. <laughs> I, I was 
thinking about drafting a villain soon. Um, I, probably not for my first two picks, but this is not that was not the one I was looking at. So we'll uh, you, I'll, you'll find mo- more about that very soon. But let's talk my about my other Dual-Megas. choice might have been li- lining up with yours. I have some suspicions. <laughs> you, perhaps, but uh, let's talk about Dual Magus a little bit. He's the main antagonist for the first half of Dragon Quest VIII, and he's a real sinister, dark presence. That you're that you're sort of like dealing with all the suffering he leaves in his wake for the first third or half of Dragon Quest VIII. Uh, he, he's he's a pretty cool villain, and he's eminently hateable because he like he murders the beloved family of a of a couple important characters. What I love about Dual Magus is that he's so present, like the entire game. You know, he's he's not just there as a rumor, even though he starts out as a rumor. But you know, you see evidence of him. You see him in flashbacks. You see him taunting you. He's He's throughout the game, which isn't always the case in Dragon Quest games. A lot of times it's just something distant to get to the final castle at the end of the game, but Dulmagus is up in there. But are you going full gesture Dulmagus or slightly fuzzy demonic Dulmagus? I think I have to go full, full gesture, even if he's less powerful, just mm. for the pure, the pure style points. The, can I, the style can I of having a gesture. Okay. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I was gonna, I was gonna say something, and now I'm not going to. I'm gonna be very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Rob is very being very cautious, worried that someone else might do, uh, decimate his big his big board. <laughs> more up. Wes has been luckier than Zach or Rob in terms of uh, in terms of their uh, their early yep. choices getting stolen. My heart um, is not broken yet. <laughs> uh, mine n- neither. There are some picks that I definitely would have loved to have later in the draft, but I uh, I, I I can't be too upset because I I do have two characters I'd love to start out. Um, I think I'm also going villain just on the off chance oh. that Zach takes him. I'm taking I'm, I'm taking sorrow from Dragon <laughs> no, Quest yo. 4. I, I, I was thinking. I was no. thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. He's uh he's I, one of the most uh maybe the most pathos of any Dragon Quest villain. I and he and he does join your party in some versions of Dragon Quest 4 and is just absolutely kick ass when he does. Uh plus he looks can, so cool. Is he just Magus? Can we just can we just say that he's Magus lost in like a, a timeline or something like <laughs> he that? He kind of is a warrior version of Chrono Trigger Magus. I'm not going to argue that. Is he also in Chrono Cross? <laughs> Are we choosing him because like I, I, out of all the boss battles, he's the one where like he evolves over the course of the final boss battle, right? It's been a long time since um, I played Dragon Quest Four, uh, right? Um, a couple boss battles do, but he does a lot. He has like four or five transformations he goes through. Uh, he gains heads and eyes as yeah, the, as like the that, boss battle takes place. That, that was one of the most infuriating final boss fights. Like, you know, Dragon Quest games can be difficult, but, you know, you, you level up enough, you're totally fine. I ran completely out of MP and items <laughs> in that fight, and I was just like, this thing is going forever. This is like a Yakuza like a dragon fight. You know, it's, it just keeps <laughs> going. <laughs> The one thing nice about that one is you you can summon your wagon in the road right before you fight him, so you can get oh, you, yeah. you can get your uh, your your wagon backup party members heal you a little bit uh, um, in advance of sorrow. That's that that's something that I didn't realize the first time I played Dragon Quest Four, and then uh, when I played it on DS, I'm like, oh, could you do this on the NES? Holy smoke! Well, th- th- that made this last fight a lot easier. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and he's he's the one with the most backstory. He's the most, yes. I mean, like, he feels like the most, like, I don't know. He feels like, in some ways, the least Dragon Quest villain. But, like, in some ways, like, he's the most fascinating um, because of his backstory and because of that post-game that you get in the DS version. Um, I think he's an excellent choice. Was, was his, was the chicken and egg stuff and his backstory in the uh, in the PS1 version of Dragon Quest Four? I, I do the NES version. No, 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 no. PS One. It had a PS One port in Japan. Oh, I, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know either. 
You you know the uh, the the PS one port of Dragon Warrior four was advertised in like the manual of Dragon Warrior seven, but then the project I remember got, that yeah. Then, yeah the project got abandoned. <laughs> they had advertised that, and I believe the PS two version of Dragon Quest five both had like callouts in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was either in a, ma- in a manual or in a very early magazine advertisement, but there were, it was at least on the docket somewhere on a, on a North American localization studio. But uh, we're not on the docket of a North American localization studio. I am trying to get through <laughs> a video game theme fantasy draft before our, the clock hits two hours. So, Zach, give us two picks in a row. End of third round, beginning of fourth round. So I think for my villain, um, since you took mine, I'm going to go with my second Fine. choice, which getting, is getting Nocturnus. So oh, <laughs> Nocturnus for the, the post-game boss from Dragon Quest VI. Yes. Um, he is... Outside of some of the stuff in Dragon Quest VIII, where you can, like, you know, do, like, that run of bosses, and one of the people who's also on my list um, is very difficult there. He's, like, the toughest, and, like, I feel like the most, like, enigmatic of all the, like, the the post-game bosses or the bosses in general, like, he's, like, this, like, ultimate evil that's sort of, like, sitting off here to the side, and, like, you're, like, avoiding him. I love the way they set him up early in the game. When you travel to it, you're, like, oh, my God. Like, you run away immediately. Um, and that it's just like a really, really challenging fight. And I feel like he's the most powerful of any villain in Dragon Quest. So I'm going to take Nocturnus. Um, there's one other v- Dragon Quest villain that I think is in that same zone. And that, that's Astark from Dragon Quest IV. But both Astark and Nocturnus are like mentioned as ultimately powerful demons in the text of their game. But also, have, but also having accomplished their evil like hundreds of years ago. So uh, in Dragon Quest VI, you can unseal Nocturnus and then fight him in the post-game. But for Estark, you you fight a weakened version of him that's been weakening for centuries. So like in Dragon Quest meta lore, they are two of the most powerful monsters, bar none for sure. And if if you're uh, maybe a Dragon Quest monsters fan, sometimes you might have seen versions of Nocturnus called Dark Dream, which is his Japanese name. But yeah, Nocturnus, really really cool monster design, really really good choice for a villain for a named villain slot for our draft here. Yeah, and so for my hero, I'm going to go oh, with okay. maybe a somewhat off-the-beaten-path choice, which is the Descendant of Erdrick from Dragon Quest One. Nothing wrong with that. That dude's, um, that dude's a monster. Right, I mean, like, he solos <laughs> the whole game. Like, he doesn't need anybody else. He doesn't have any party support. He literally goes and fights all the monsters himself. He fights the Dragon Lord by himself. He doesn't need any help. He's got the healing. He's got the offense. Like, he, he didn't need anybody else. So, ooh, like, ooh, if, well, if well, I'm going to have someone... It's going to be him. What's your favorite spell that he casts? Harm or heal? Oh, definitely heal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really use harm that much. I use heal a lot, though. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to argue against the original. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. He looks like a tiny, cute little Viking man in the original art he for does. Dragon Quest I love He's like, almost like a judge from like Final Fantasy XII. I like it. He's got kind of like an angry face, with, almost like, but but his eyes don't have a lot of definition. Almost like Krillin in Dragon Ball, but but with a little horned helmet on. Um, in, yeah. In in later interpretations of him, they give him like a shock of blonde hair, so he goes from looking like Krillin to looking like a Super Saiyan, and I don't totally love that. I'm I'm talking about games like a, like Arcade Battle Road Victory, but uh, Dragon Quest One, great hero, undeniable. But oh shoot, it's my turn now, isn't it? Um, You're up. Yep, we are in the fourth round. I've chosen a hero and two party and a villain and one party member, so I have a lot of freedom still. I am going to pick the sage job. Damn it! 
Excellent choice. I have no healer. There's really three good jobs, and you pick the third one. <laughs> <laughs> or well, you could you could go with Summoner Druid from Dragon Quest Seven, or uh, uh, struggling now. Maybe there's some armamentalist fans out there. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, Sage is, um, in Dragon Quest 3, it's sort of the ultimate magic job, and in Dragon Quest, uh, 6, 7, 9, it's an almost ultimate magic job that can, that can heal and, uh, have powerful offense. Uh, and, and, uh, I don't know, let's see, what else can I say about it? Um, Rab for Dragon Quest 11 is basically a Sage, and, and he's great too. Uh, but yeah, I'm sort of thinking of the just strong, versatile Dragon Quest 3 version of Sage, and... Yeah, it's ultimate magic user mostly. I mean, I think that's an excellent choice. Um, it, 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 Sage, I feel like in any Dragon Quest game is almost like a required, not yes. a required class, but like if you're gonna do high end stuff, you definitely need a Sage to keep you keep you upright. If you don't use a Sage in Dragon Quest Three for the end game, I, 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 I maybe you're trying to do some kind of gimmicky no Sage run because because you do yeah. get a, you, you do get a free Satori to to recruit a Sage in the second half. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, you yes. do. I don't remember exactly where it happens, but you you get the opportunity just to turn anybody into a sage. Yeah, and you're sage just hobbling yourself if you don't like. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, was, I wasn't misremembering that. It's been a long time since I've played Dragon Quest Three. Uh, at least fifteen yeah, years. There are technically two free ones, I believe, and the second one comes so late that a lot of times it's not worth it. Oh but... yeah, it's it's either like Final Dungeon or or a Pachisi board or something. Yeah, I, th- I think it's like just prior to the final dungeon or, or right. something like that. Yeah, but you get one in the middle of the game, and if you uh, leveled up a goof off slash minstrel, you, you can you can get a free sage. Uh, Don't spoil my job. <laughs> oh, oh no! Well, no, well, technically, I already I I mean, you're not stealing from me because I already got Silando, which is like the, who's like the ultimate version of one of those. <laughs> but but Wes, it is your turn, and so far you've um, picked a villain and two com- and two uh, party member slots, so you still have a, lo- a lot of options ahead of you. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned that there are some Armamentalist fans out there. Uh, oh, wow. You weren't wrong. Oh, wow. my pick number four is Armamentalist. Is this a joke? <laughs> I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm in the middle of a bit. So are, <laughs> so are you going with the, like, Dragon Quest six seven Armamentalist that's kind of like a magic knight? That, uh, or are you going with GQ9 Armamentalist that, like, uh, attaches elemental affinities to everyone's attacks? DQ9, I'm, I'm a sucker for buff classes. I'm a sucker for, like, magic knights or red mages, you know, that, that style of, of character. Um, I don't know. It's not about efficacy. It's about style. And they who do have those stylish FF red mage hats and those elemental attacks. But plus, armamentalist skills are really, really handy for a couple boss fights in Dragon Quest IX. Um, I, I, I think it, it depends on what grotto boss I'm fighting, but sometimes you really need those. Uh, th- those I think they're called force spells that are kind of like kind of like a uh, a a mana game saber spell. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but they're they're really effective against the right boss fights sometimes. It it's like, nice that they can throw down the buffs and debuffs and still have something useful to do once they're done with that job, uh, which is is something I find enjoyable. Even if it's not the most effective, it's like fun to play with. Uh, and that's my style. Uh, my team will not win, but people will like my team. <laughs> I mean, people will like your team, but you have dual magus like creeping people out there on the sideline. Really? Hmm. Uh, he's he's our mascot. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> he's there for moral support. <laughs> he gets into dance-offs with the uh, uh, the other mascots. Ah, yeah, like oh, dual magus Silvando dance-off. No, no, no. Even better, dual magus Silvando Yangus dance-off. I can't even pick a winner there. <laughs> Absolute perfection. 
It's pretty good. Because Genghis does have that unbeatable underpants dance. Silence. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was just in awe for a second. Right. Well, uh, Rob, it is your turn. So who is going to be underpants dancing alongside Yangus? You get two choices in a row. Um, end of the fourth round, beginning of the fifth. Okay. Has everybody picked a villain? Because I just want to see if my villain pick is safe. Um, everyone has picked a villain. Um, but yeah, so he, okay. But okay, we, we, so we, we could we could use the super flex spot on a second villain, but that's very unlikely. People are okay. are, pro- are probably going to get weird. <laughs> in the Square Enix universe uh, for the Superflex. So yeah, you, we're going to get weird. So um, you, you probably can save the villain for late, yes. I'm, I'm going to save the villain. Uh, my my flex is uh, I'm picking specifically Super Serena from Dragon Quest Eleven. Oh. Because mm. <laughs> right. yeah. in terms of party members, at, at that point in the game, Serena is the best party member. She does everything. She can do monstrous damage. She can heal everybody. She has, like, endless MP. So I'm picking Super Serena. That that takes care of my lack of a sage class. Everything's fine now. <laughs> All right, yeah. It, it, avoiding spoilers, um, in, in Act 2, Serena, who's until then your main healer, uh, basically, uh, like, her spell list doubles, and she gets a bunch of extra powers for the for the, the middle portion of, of, uh, of Dragon Quest Eleven, And... She she really is your strongest party member, probably more powerful than the Luminary himself. Uh, when uh, during Act Two, yep, she is amazing. That's why I picked her. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Don't really need a job. I almost want to give it up at this point. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my villain pick. Uh, since Dual Magus was taken from me, Rob, I, I decided I decided to one up Dual Magus. And so I'm going with Leopold, the evil dog <laughs> that has been corrupted by the staff. <laughs> Excellent choice. Because oh, yes. is, I'm looking at the design of Leopold right now, and it might be the best character design they've ever done. Yeah, the, the, the giant hound with giant demon wings with the evil staff in his mouth. Um, and, and, and Leopold was already a, a very unlikable dog, a rare thing in video games, uh, before gaining evil powers. When oh man, this is this feels like a hundred years ago. But in in twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, we did a good dogs of RPGs episode, and we decided that the only bad dog in RPGs we could think of was Leopold, <laughs> and, that, and that's why he's on my team. And just I remember how goofy it was because you know first time ever playing a Dragon Quest game, I was like I beat Duel Magus, the game is over, and then all of a sudden the staff goes to this dog, and now I have a dog to deal with. I just I have to pick him. Like I, I looked up his character design again, and I just remembered how amazing he was. Yeah, it was really unexpected, and that sort of cemented the idea that oh, Dual Magus isn't the the final boss here. It's whatever is controlling or inside that staff. That's why I picked him. Minor spoilers for a game that is 16 years old. So <laughs> yeah, come at me. I think we're okay. Spoiler I think we're haters. Okay. I got uh, I got yelled at on Twitter for spoiling Dragon Quest Seven once, which I, I think had come out eighteen years earlier. So, did, you just say, did you just say it was long? <laughs> no, I no, I well, I, I just I mean the main character, the main villain in that game is a demon called Orgo Demila, and I sort of talked about what he does in the second half of the game, um, which, which would be a spoiler. But that game came out in two thousand, and this happened in like twenty eighteen. So I'm I, I was I was very very eye-rolling at the at the person that called that out. It's like, it's like you, you, still have... you had 18 years to play this game. Shut up. 
you you still have the best description ever of Dragon Quest Seven, which is oh. it is the most Dragon Quest. I don't know if it's the best <laughs> Dragon Quest. It, it is pretty good Dragon Quest, but it is also the most Dragon Quest. That it is, is the most is Dragon Quest. That and that's the reason why the franchise has this. Like a, a lot of our friends, as Solosi will tell you, a lot of our friends are like, "Oh, those games are too long," and I'm like, "No, they're really not." Like Dragon Quest Eleven is very long, but like. Eight is pretty manageable. Four, five, six, pretty reasonable. Like lengths, like not anything out of control. It's it's all Dragon Quest Seven's fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The if Dragon Quest ever developed an, a reputation for being overlong, it's from Seven and not anything else because they're either short or medium, other than other than Seven and and I guess later Eleven. Uh, and 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 I think you could probably beat Eleven in less than a hundred hours. But I had to, you know, I, I had to. Uh, collect a bunch of skill points and hit a bunch of crossbow targets so i i i, I cracked 100 hours on that thing <laughs> your original version of seven just had that pacing that like first three hours that i think knocked everyone on their on their butts yeah that's, that's not right. it, it depends on what version you're playing and, and yeah, the original you, the ps1 version. yeah if, if, and if you know what's doing in advance but you can play that thing for four or five hours before before uh running into a blue slime fight magic item run But, uh, Wes, that little blue slime is available if you want to use one of your flex spots now. But uh, um, it, right now it is your pick, and you, have again, um, only have a villain and a couple party member slots taken. So most of the world is your oyster. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go wild card and use my super flex early. Uh, Whoa, for the, first time, for the first time in retro encounter fantasy draft history, someone is using their flex or super flex I don't before like where this is going. round eight. I don't like where this is going. Well, so, well Wes, you, you've... Uh, I've, I've already made it clear that I like the style. I like things to fit together cohesively. Uh, and Square Enix just so happens to have at least one other like big name RPG series or RPG uh, with Akira Toriyama uh, sitting at the head of it. God damn it! Oh no! You might not have to worry too much because uh, for me, it's Frog all the way. It can't. It can't be all anyone right, but right. Frog. Frog from right. uh, joining my team. You know. Um... <laughs> Maybe this is just maybe this just reveals that I should have gotten glasses at a much earlier age. But uh, when I when I was a child and I um, saw the Chrono Trigger uh, characters' victory animations for the first time, I, I basically understood everyone's. But um, what Frog is doing is pulling out his arm and and making a giant muscle. But yes. I, I, I thought he was pulling out a white hat with a blue feather on it for a while. <laughs> He's doing what you might consider a super flex yeah. in that pose. Yes, that, yes, that is true. That frog is flexing, and you just flexed Frog as your super flex. I know. Uh, once again, I know that there are technically better, uh, better professional choices here, uh, but I can't, I can't leave my boy Frog behind. Hey, you just love fighters with, with some healing on the side other than I Elena. Do. This way, I don't have to have any healers. I can just have everyone heal a little bit and then get back in the fight. And, and Elena is uh, amassing quite a team of boyfriends as well. It's a... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's her party. Uh, she's making the choices. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess now it's my turn. Uh, I still have uh, most of my party to fill out. I am not going to use my super flex in round five. Uh, but let's see. I, I think I do want to pick... A monster now. Oh no. And I am going with my all time oh, no. favorite Dragon Quest monster, the great dragon from Dragon no. Quest Five. No. Okay. That golden <laughs> that golden yellow dragon with a bunch of fire and ice breath. Uh, they cannot equip I think I think if they can't equip a shield, which I, which still annoys me, uh, twenty years almost twenty years after playing the game for the first time. 
but yeah, I, I love those big yellow great dragons, and uh, so I'm securing one for this uh, for this pick. I've never gotten one in a Dragon Quest V run, which I thought, you know what? Today is the day I'm going to finally get a great dragon. <laughs> nope. Today was I, not the day. Today we Remarkably, I have always gotten one. I, I got one by accident the very first time I played the game, and then every single subsequent time I've played it, which is, I guess, four times total, I've thought, well, man, i, I got to get a dra- great dragon again. So I've, I, I, I sort of didn't grind the first time, but then have grinded for one every subsequent time because I, I love the great dragon so much. I would comment more, but I don't know because I've never had one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh, wow. This is, this is maybe the spiciest draft we've had on the podcast so far. Salty, salty. But, but Zach, you do have two picks in a row, even though neither of them can be the great dragon. Uh, yeah. you still have, you, you, but you still have a monster slot, a companion slot, and uh, two flexes remaining. So I'm going to go with the monster that was really my MVP in Dragon Quest V, which is the Golem. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. excellent. It's a, good one. it's a good one. It's a classic design. I think it's maybe my, like, outside of the slime, which is so iconic that it barely even qualifies. Um, I love the Golem's design. I love how it's been maintained from Dragon Quest One to Dragon Quest Eleven. But it's also, like, the best tank in Dragon Quest V. Like, it's easy to recruit. Like, Slime Knight easy to recruit. It does massive damage, and it's easy to maintain. And like every time I've done Dragon Quest V, like I've had a golem in my party, and I anticipate that will probably continue because I know officially now that I will never get a great dragon. <laughs> you can get one in the terrible Dragon Quest Gacha game that I'm playing, and and I I, I do have, indeed have a great dragon in that game. No, I think I'll pass. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's the right choice. But uh, that's only your first pick of two that you. Uh, we're at the beginning of the sixth round now. So, um, uh, who else are you are you choosing, Zach? So for a companion, I'm going to go back to Dragon Quest V, and I'm going to go with Pankraz. Oh, oh, nice! Father of the Year, Pankraz, originally yeah. called Papas. It's a good pick. I mean, he is everything you want from a Dragon Quest character. He's noble. He's kind. He's tough in battle. Um, I, I feel like his. Uh, again, spoilers for how old is this game? 30 years old. Um, spoilers for a 30 year old game. His death scene is affecting and emotional. Um, he has this incredible dedication to the love of his life and his, ch- his child. He's obviously like the only thing that carries you in battle early in that game. Uh, Punkrass is amazing. One of my favorite characters in Dragon Quest. Mine too. The, that that scene was a was a gut punch the first time you experience it. And one of the better scenes in the troubling Dragon Quest V movie adaptation. <laughs> Indeed. I, you, you mean the movie that's 90% amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's pre- that Ooh, movie that's, that, that's way more generous than I that am. Movie is, <laughs> that movie is really cool until it isn't. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very uncool very quickly. <laughs> I, uh, mm. that, that movie needed the last 20 minutes cut off and like the rest of that put into Pankras. And then I would like to I, do, I been fine with that. the movie a lot better. Uh, we did do a podcast on that movie, and we really shouldn't talk about that movie anymore right now because <laughs> that'll put a damper on the fun of, uh, of this draft, I'm afraid. Give people but, a chance to see it. Y- y- yes, the movie, the movie is called uh, Dragon Quest Your Story. It is on Netflix in most English-speaking territories, and uh, it sure is a movie. That's one way to put it. <laughs> but it sure is my turn to draft right now, and right now I have my all of my flex positions open, so I can draft basically any kind of party member. 
if, if I'm willing to use the super flex on a second hero or something, which I'm not. So I think I am going to go with... I'm going to go back into the Dragon Quest Eight well and draft Jessica. Damn it. So you drafted Absolutely. my wife. Okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. <sighs> okay. You, your wife is a, uh, is a hell of a lady, Rob, and her video game version is also a hell of a lady. That is true. Uh, yeah, I think she's my favorite party member in Dragon Quest VIII because just, just because of how like uh, cool and sassy she is and how much ass she can kick with her powerful spells. She, I think she learns basically all of the offensive magic in Dragon Quest other than like uh, other than like lightning spells. And, um, and, and the whip version has Twin Dragon Lash, which is super dope. Uh, yeah, I, I like Jessica a lot, and she's uh, one of my flex picks. Uh, so, Wes, it's your turn. You still have multiple flexes and the hero position left to draft. I do indeed. And, and you know what? I, I was just thinking about how I do not have enough kick-ass martial arts women in my party. Um, so I really need to bump that number up. So I'm going to add Jade from Dragon Quest XI uh, oh, to my party. Choice. Nice. There she goes. The Dragon Quest XI version of the martial artist job. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to let you talk, Wes, but one thing I love that they did with Jade is um, they made uh, they made martial arts, like, a separate category. Yes. So you can you can do Spear Jade and still have kick-ass kicks or Claw Jade and have kick-ass kicks. You didn't, like, have to have her built a certain way for a lot of her awesome martial arts moves that, that I definitely wanted to invest in. But, but yeah, but, yeah. Uh, basically, I think her skill tree is just as awesome as she is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, she carried my party all the time. She was one of the few who I never wanted gone. Uh, she's part of Electrolyte, which is vital grinding tech for everyone. Yeah. Um, not to mention, you know, like you said, I absolutely love that I can still have her do martial arts with a spear because her spear tree is absolutely killer. Uh, she will, she will outdamage all the people with that, uh, so I use it. Uh, more or less exclusively, but she still feels properly like that martial artist character, even if I don't have her with claws. Yeah, she was one of my favorites in Dragon Quest XI also, but that, that, that's, uh, that's a little bit of a lie, because kind of everyone in Dragon Quest XI is my favorite. Yeah, it's, I, it's hard to pick out. <laughs> I, I just Do we really like Veronica, except for the one scene? You know, I, I do like Veronica. I in, love in the, Veronica. In, in act, in, uh, okay. she, right. She's a little bit of an annoying little kid sometimes, but um, I really like her in Act 3, and uh, and and I, I, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with a big meaty frizz thrown at, thrown at a slime. Mm, frizz. Little girl, giant staff, giant fireball. What's not to love? Actual magician. Okay. Cavrizzle, <laughs> Cavzapple. The, the spell names in Dragon Quest games are a little ridiculous at times, but I I, I justify it all in my uh, diseased gamer brain. But uh, <laughs> but but Rob, um, what new choices are going to spring forth from your gamer gamer brain? You have two mm. in a row. Mm. So I think for my flex, I don't have two in a row, do I? You do have two in a row. Yep. I do have two in a row. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, you you, uh, still, you still have um one normal flex, one super flex, and, and a Dragon job. Quest job. Yep. Yeah, okay. So the job, I'm, I'm going to get stupid because, uh, again, the jobs in Dragon Quest games aren't really all that great. Um, I'm going to pick the pirate from Dragon Quest Seven because <laughs> that's going to make leveling very easy with thin air over and over again. Everybody yeah. did it. Don't Everybody. pretend like you didn't do it. Thin air is good as hell in a lot of Dragon Quest games, and, and that's how you get it in Dragon Quest Seven. Mm-hmm. So whoever is my pirate is just going to be like making sure that everybody else is leveling up at a solid rate. That's your job. You're the workhorse. So the pirate's, that... inter- the pirate's interesting because it doesn't have like a great physical offense, like a like a warrior or gladiator job, but it has a bunch of just cool 
skills that are situationally awesome. Like, and I, you get a little pirate hat. Yeah, and you get a little pirate hat. That's true. <laughs> that, that is, little, that, little, that's worth a lot. That is crucial. Mm-hmm. You get a little pirate hat. Uh, for my flex, because I always want to be rolling in money, I'm going to pick Torneco. Uh, yes. We, we, need, we need him to make money for us. Uh, we need him to – I think he has a great story. Uh, we've got a whole dungeon series that we can go down the rabbit hole with him, and he's going to sell stuff and make us lots of money. So, you know, it, it, it was him, but unfortunately, uh, Square Enix never published a Resident Evil game, or I was going to say uh, the merchant <laughs> from Resident Evil 4. <laughs> but Torneco is like the prototype version of that. <laughs> you, you know, in uh, we're, we're going to talk about his chapter next week, I'm 100% certain, but he uh, sort of taught me at a young age that, oh, just being a being a shop owner in an RPG is surprisingly fun. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, he, he taught me, he taught me the, the value of fiscal responsibility. And for mm-hmm. that, I want him on my team. So sometimes you want a little bit of weaponized capitalism in your video games. <laughs> Damn. Okay. That just took a turn. That just took it. Okay. Hey, all right, I, I, I have, look, look, I have spent so many hours in the business sim mini games of Yakuza games that I have nothing but respect for <laughs> for weapon, weaponized irresponsible RPG capitalism. I would like to give a shout out to Solosi for basically explaining that management sim game to me, like a dragon, because the first time I played that, um, the same thing were, for me. There yeah. was a lot of there, there was a lot of swearing, and I got a little dizzy. So, like, I, I, that's not a good sign. I think I almost had a stroke. Yeah, Getting the, vertigo from this. I, 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 I wish I had someone to have a text chain with with to explain to me that because that would have saved me a couple hours in the in the in, in the mid game of Yakuza Seven when I, when I played it last year. Didn't you yeah, didn't you clear it in the chapter that it opened? Yes, I, mean, I did. Amazing. Yeah, well, I, I I cleared I cleared a bunch of it, and then I took a break and recruited some people around town, and then went back to it, and then repeated that again, but still cleared it in chapter five. But I, I, I it, yes, I. Maybe He's my a wrecking machine. Maybe my destiny is is just to be a, like a government employee in real life, and then a business magnate in video games. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Wes, it looks like that um, unless you really love Dragon Quest Three merchants, most of the cap of the uh, like irresponsible money throwing of Dragon Quest is not available to you. Uh, what, what's your draft for round number seven? You know, I'm just glad Torneco ended up somewhere. He was going to end up with me if he didn't end up with you because he deserves it. I'm taking uh, so care. I'm I'm glad. I, I just care that he's happy. Uh, but for me, I've got that one last flex spot. Uh, I don't have enough martial artists, uh, so I'm going to bring Mori in with some claws uh, oh, to round out choice. my party. Um, so much tension. I, I was oh. I was skeptical about him being one of the characters added to the 3DS version of Dragon Quest VIII, but then all that skepticism was gone. Just when melts. I, yeah, when you when you see how passionate he is, and that he brings another critical hit attack to the team for metal hunting. <laughs> he is vital. And, you know, I loved Mori as a character already. That is exactly my style of ridiculous character that I want out of the Dragon Quest series. You let me put one in my party, I'm an, I'm even happier. Yeah, we got a lot of good mustaches in this already because we have we have Tornico <laughs> and Mori and Pancras. Does, it, does this mean I have to draft like Ragnar or something to for, to add to the mustache party? Yeah, yes, Solosi. Mm. Yes. Draft you Ragnar, need a beard. please do. You need a beard. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, I I do. I could use a beard or a mustache. But also, my, my, my party my party only has one woman in it. I, I, I need a little bit... I could use... Oh, don't make the wrong choice. My party could be a little bit less of a sausage party. <laughs> well, okay, I have two flex spots left. the uh, One normal flex and one super flex. So... 
You know, I am going to add a beard to the party, but it's maybe not the beard you're thinking of. I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. I'm drafting a slion heart from Dragon Quest IX. <laughs> the giant slime knight with a beard and multiple swords. It, that is just really kick-ass. There's also versions, uh, color versions of it in Dragon Quest IX called Shogum and Prime Slime. They're also pretty cool, but not, not as cool as the, as the green slion heart. Uh, and, and yeah, it, like other than the great dragon, that's Slyonheart's probably my favorite big, meaty endgame kind of monster in a Dragon Quest game. Uh, I, I think it's only in Dragon Quest Nine, and then the monsters and and digi- and uh, uh, and phone series. I, I, like there wasn't a Slyonheart in ten or eleven, was there? No, not eleven at least. Yeah, maybe it, it might, might have been in ten. Might have been in ten. Yeah, I, I don't. I do not know the bestiary of ten very well at all. But there, there's a dedicated group of people trying to get a Western release for that thing. So power to them. Although I have a lot of doubts. I have a friend who has a Japanese subscription and is Google translating the entire game as they play it. That sounds like a, this that, that's a struggle. Holy moly. <laughs> that's something. That's dedication. Yeah, yeah. That, that's dedication that I lack, and, and I adore Dragon Quest. But uh, speaking of people who adore Dragon Quest, that was the weakest uh, transition of this whole episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I feel bad already. But Zach, you do, it, you do have two picks in a row, one normal flex and one super flex. So for my normal flex... I want to make the correct choice. It's not Bianca. It's not no. Mira. No. Oh. It's Deborah. Oh. <laughs> oh, girl. Wow. Mm. Deborah is the correct choice. Mm. So, for the record, in battle, she is incredibly valuable. I, I had her in my final party. I had the full family party uh, the last time I cleared it. Um, I pulled my goal amount. I'm like, all right, Deborah, you, you can come on in. Um, she does amazing amounts of damage, and she's also. Just like almost every girl I've dated over the last ten years, um, a bad decision. Uh, which Strangely you personal. <laughs> everything you need to know about me. Um, no, I mean like De- Deborah's just she's in all honesty like she's funny. Um, I feel like um, it is a totally unique thing in terms of Dragon Quest uh, getting to, to choose someone like that who's like verbally abusive constantly. Um, I I really enjoy having her in my party. I, I forget where I read this. It was some kind of interview in, uh, in advance of the – around when the DS version was coming out in North America. But Hori said that when they wanted to add a third marriage option, uh, he wanted someone that was totally different from Bianca and, and Flora slash Nera. And, uh, and, and, and so he landed on um, someone who was not like, – because both Bianca and Nera are, are sort of sweet. Like, and he, he was deliberately going for someone that was not modest or sweet. <laughs> and, that's, and, and, and that's Zebra. <laughs> You want to talk about the greatest greatest sin that your story commits? It's not having. <laughs> yes, that's the problem. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, th- th- that was the the one crucial issue of your story. But uh, Zach, you're not done drafting yet. You still have um, the first pick of round eight. So um, I'm going to go uh, maybe with some like semi recency bias, but also a character who I feel like just like deserves a break and also like would do well in the Dragon Quest world, and that is Emil. From the near series, I knew you were going yes. near. I did not. I did not know where you were going within near, but I, I knew you were going near. I, 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 I we, we could have. We didn't bet on it, but I could have easily. So let's talk about Emil a little bit. I mean, like Emil's not my favorite character from near either. Either the first, which is kind of A, or the second, which is probably A two. But he's just such a sweet character, and he goes through so much over the course of those two games, like just like unimaginable pain. And he's still like maintains this like 
joyful attitude as you meet him in Automata. Um, and I feel like he just deserves to live in like the innocent sort of bubble of Dragon Quest. And he's also like the most powerful character in like the history of the near universe. And he would just like totally annihilate everything. And that would also be helpful to me. But mostly it's for the hugs. Mostly for the hugs. Yes, that is accurate. You know, I, I bought my copy of uh, uh, Near Replicant just a few days ago, which I guess uh, dates this podcast specifically if you check my uh, social media feed. But I, I know that Emil is beloved, and I'm not, I'm not that shocked by this choice. <laughs> he's amazing. He's so, he, he's, he fits right into the Dragon Quest universe. Absolutely. That choice makes me happy. I'm glad. So now it's my choice, and my last spot left is Superflex. So there's a lot of ways I could go. I could go with Chrono Trigger, my favorite game of all time. I could go with uh, I could go with anything from Final Fantasy, anything from Kingdom Hearts, naturally, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. So you're gonna pick Goofy? All right, we got no, it. No, 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 no. All the Disney characters are available too. That's true. Oh, oh. A lot of a lot of I'm Disney characters. I'm gonna join a Dragon Quest party. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and you know, you know, I, I, if I wanted to go with someone that's just powerful and unkillable, I could just go with Canopus from Tactics Ogre. That 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 counts. No, I think I'm going to pick something that maybe I don't know how expected this is of me or not. You know, I I have um, a lot of fun people in my party. I have some physical characters, some magic characters, but uh, West took a lot of great martial artists. So I You're think welcome. I, I think I need a martial artist in my team, and that is going to be Kevin from Psycho Ninsetsu Three. That was my other oh. choice, actually. Oh, fine <laughs> um, choice. Yeah, the Wolf Boy. I think I think he might have showed up in a previous draft episode when we did the, the Final Fantasy draft. I'd have to look that up to make sure. But uh, um, yeah, I I, I love Seiken Ninsetsu Three. It was one of my uh, uh, favorite um, Super Famicom RPGs, even even before that uh, that. Um, the 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 re-release in 2018, 19, yeah, the, the re-release in 2019, and then the remake in 2020. Uh, so I, I needed, I, I want my Wolf Boy on the team, and it was either Kevin from Seiken and Zetsu Three or uh, Gabo slash Ruff from from Dragon Quest <laughs> Seven. Yeah, I can't believe he's still on the table. Yeah, and I'm a little surprised too. But a lot of people were picking monsters. Uh, or jobs in um, it, for the flex spots. So yeah, yeah, he he slipped through everyone's fingers. So yeah, um, Kevin is my final pick. Uh, uh, Wes, what is your final pick? You still have a hero. Uh, I have position. a hero left. Um, so you could say that you need a hero. I I could. I absolutely could say that. <laughs> I, I won't. <laughs> I choose it's a good not song. to. Come on. It is a good song. Uh. I am drafting not a character for their stats or their equipment or even their game, even though they are for my favorite Dragon Quest game. I am drafting the female hero from Dragon Quest IV for her hair and her hair alone. This glorious hair that she has is the reason that she needs to be in my party. Sidebar, sidebar. Can we have a return to, like, anime hair from the 80s? Like, we're like, what was it? The entire cast of Fantasy Star was, like, blue. Mm -hmm. They all had bowl cuts. Like, I I just want to return to that style of 1980s anime hair, and I I approve of this choice. I mean... Like some, if you want to throw around the term "ladies of the '80s" for like, for specific character designs, uh, 
Like we found it. Yeah, this is the, this is the one. I, I mean, she's got a sort of a uh, like an '80s aerobics leotard for part of her outfit, with the with the socks and this incredible volume to that green quaff of hers. Uh, uh, it's a hell of a look. Yeah, it, it is a look, and um, it's asymmetrical too. She's got yeah. like a, it, like her left leg and her left arm are covered for some reason. Yeah, it, it's a yeah predecessor to uh, Titus from Final Fantasy X. We're wearing oh, like God, wearing no. covering only only parts of your body in an asymmetrical manner. Well, mm-hmm. I assure you, it's functional. Her left side has the shield. That's what she's defending with. So she needs more cover on that left side. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that like <laughs> I love everything about her character design. It is so good. I adore it. Unironically adore it. All right, so that is. Let's see, 31 out of 32 picks that we're making for this episode. <laughs> so, Rob, it comes to you. You have this. You have the super flex position left. So, any named character from the entire oeuvre of Square Enix and Square Enix, uh, who uh, is your choice for the, to round I, out your team? I, I gave it away earlier. Uh, I was kind of, I was kind of making a funny, <laughs> and then just the more I thought about it, the better I, I, I think it works. Uh, I'm going with Agent 47 from the Hitman series. Now, now let me now let me tell you why. Fantastic. <laughs> now let me tell you why. Master of disguise. Well, first, first off, I, the the new Hitman games are like secretly some of the best video games that have been made of the past decade. So if you have not played them, please go out and do it. Um, he is a master of disguise. So this idea of Agent 47 wearing all of the jobs outfits from Dragon Quest. Or dressing up like all of the monsters from Dragon Quest. Just, it really struck a chord with me. I just, I keep laughing when I think about him looking like a saber cat. Just a very intense saber cat. And then no matter what he does, he's amazing at it. So when he becomes like a drummer in a mission in Hitman, he becomes like the best drummer. Or he he can like strut the runway. So that you have this character that is just able to do everything. I mean, he might be able to give the ultimate puff puff. I'm just saying, he can kind of do everything. Wow. <laughs> he can provide a better puff puff than, uh, you know, competing against teams that include Jade and Jessica. Yep. I, I mean, I just, I, and, and, and this is also just, uh, you know, uh, Solosi and I have gone to MAGFest for years, and uh, I've always said that. Mm-hmm. Somebody is missing a cosplay as Agent 47 <laughs> at a MAGFest or at some kind of convention. And the way that they should do it is they should do it as, like, Agent 47 as, like, a waiter and just have 47, like, wiping down a table and just staring at one person very, in, in, like, intently. Like, the entire time just keeping an eye on them, never breaking eye contact, staring awkwardly. Hey, that, that is how you get the police called on you, for one. <laughs> okay, but, fair but, enough. But, fair like, enough. But, but, but just the idea of Agent 47 cosplayers going around photobombing people or showing up in, in unexpected <laughs> outfits, that, that does seem like a genius cosplay move, as long as you aren't literally breaking the law or intimidating people. Yes, please do not intimidate people. A- Agent 47 is a force for good and for uh, taking down the patriarchy, so I'm totally down with this. <laughs> and somehow, like, his design is so intentionally generic, like, like, like you know, like a quote-unquote generic for a, a game that's based on a job system, like, you know, Dragon Quest <laughs> IX, that he'd be, that he... It's like an int becoming so negative that it turns positive. It's like he's so generic that it becomes ungeneric how generic he is. Get, get the swear key ready. Um, oh, my, no. my buddy always used to describe it as like, you know, the guards are being super intense looking for Agent 47. And here's this guy, this six foot shadiest looking. 
motherfucker on the planet, but he's dressed up like a mailman, and we're just supposed to expect nothing bad's going to happen. <laughs> he's got a barcode on the back of his head, for Christ's sake. Here are some flowers for you. Would be a shame if somebody were to step on them or perhaps not water them. Okay, everyone, the assassin's here. He could be anyone. He could be me. He could be you. Oh, oh, mail's here. Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the third door on the left fine. over there. Yeah, um, uh, um, oh, and here, here's, the, here's the key to that office. Uh, but yeah, the, the assassin's here somewhere, people. Yeah, it's, it could be anywhere. They, they, they uh, I mean, it strikes that ideal Yakuza balance of semi-serious when it wants to be and completely ridiculous when it wants to be and having those the seriousness and ridiculousness coexist beautifully. I own one of the recent Hitman games, uh, uh, but I haven't really played any of them yet. Uh, we, you but, need to fix that. I, I, you, that's not the first time you have said that to me, Rob. <laughs> I know, I know. One of these days you'll listen to me. One of these days. Um, but we're near the end of the episode. We've all drafted our teams. So there's one last thing we have to do before we shut the door on the podcast, and that is name our teams. Oh, so crap. I, 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 I uh, uh, <laughs> maybe I forgot to tell Rob about this in advance, but our, your team needs a name and it shall have a name. But first let's, uh, look at what everyone's drafted so far. Um, we have Rob's team, uh, the, the hero from Dragon Quest V, Yangus from Dragon Quest Eight, a Metal King Slime, a pirate from Dragon Quest Seven, Leopold from Dragon Quest Eight, Serena from Act Two of Dragon Quest Eleven, Tornico Taloon from Dragon Quest Four, and Agent Forty Seven from the Hitman series. Now we have Wes's team, the hero of Dragon Quest Four, Elena from Dragon Quest Four, the Slime Knight uh, Dragon Quest Monster, the Armamentalist from Dragon Quest Nine, Dual Magus from Dragon Quest Eight, Jade from Dragon Quest Eleven, Mori from Dragon Quest Eight, and Frog from Chrono Trigger. Then my team, the hero from Dragon Quest Eight, Silvando from Dragon. Dragon Quest Eleven, The Great Dragon from Dragon Quest Five, The Sage from Dragon Quest Three, Sorrow from Dragon Quest Four, Jessica from Dragon Quest Eight, The Slyonheart from Dragon Quest Nine, and Kevin from Seiken and Setsu Three slash Trials of Mana. Zach's team is the hero of Dragon Quest One, Pankraz from Dragon Quest Five, the Golem from many Dragon Quest games, the hero from uh, the hero Job from Dragon Quest Seven, my mistake. Uh, Nocturnus from Dragon Quest Six, the Champion Job from Dragon Quest Seven, Deborah from Dragon Quest Five, and Emil from Near Replicant and Near Automata. So we have to come up with some team names. Uh, oh, I, I I was buying some time for everyone to think of theirs. Uh, does anyone have theirs at the ready yet? I've got mine. Uh, right, Wes, what, what's your team name? I've got all of these these um, uh, these martial artists, so it can really only be the Cobra Claw Dojo. Cobra Claw or Cobra Kai? The Cobra Claw Dojo. Cobra Claw Dojo. A weapon Dojo. from Dragon Quest right. Cobra Claw. <laughs> got it, got it. We're, right. we're bringing it all together. I, 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 should have in, I should have anticipated the reference, but I, I, I opened my mouth like a, like a dummy. Um, so, uh, Robert, Zach, do you have your team name ready? Oh, man, I, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I do not, but uh, I, I think because my team is so uh, kind of silly, I'm going to go with the Simpsons reference, and I'm going to say, uh, no, not Simpsons reference, uh, good family guy reference. Let me just say good family guy before the show went on too long. And I'm going to go with the London Silly Nannies. London <laughs> Silly Nannies. Just because my team is just so eclectic. And you know what? I, you, because you didn't go with the Simpsons reference, I think I will go with the Simpsons reference. Because I have, Stone cutters. No, no, because <laughs> I, have, I have so many badasses on my team, uh, like Sorrow and... Kevin and Slyonheart with those big swords and, of course, Silvando. I'm going to go with Bloodbath and Beyond. Oh, my God. Buy me Bone Stormer. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Bloodbath and Beyond is the, gun, is the gun store in a couple episodes. So, Zach, we still need a team name from oh, you. Man, I, I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> I totally forgot about this part. <laughs> totally forgot about this part. I am not creative on the spot. 
I like that as the team name, just a, a pain sound. Okay, two seconds of a tortured groan. That's what we're going with. That's what we're going with. Tortured okay. groans. The tortured groans. We would have we would have also accepted any of Bill Hader's performance as Stefan on Saturday Night Live. We would have been okay with any of that. So, oh God, New York's hottest it... nightclub is spicy. <laughs> and it features everything: Kufa hats, asbestos, MTV's Dan Cortez. Dan Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If we're talking about MTV's Dan Cortez and Bill Hader characters on Saturday Night Live, maybe it's time for the end of the episode. Thank you so much for our third fantasy draft of the histories of, of the history of the podcast. It was a lot of fun for me because I love fantasy drafting things and I love Dragon Quest. And we are not done celebrating Dragon Quest this month. Um, we're doing two episodes on Dragon Quest Four over the next two weeks, and then another episode about one of the characters that was drafted today. Ooh. We'll let you know about who exactly next week. It's but... Agent 47. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, he, he, I, I won't say no, but, any, but anyway, uh, there is a, dra- a, a special um, Dragon Quest character-focused episode after we do two episodes on Dragon Quest IV. And uh, we can, it is early enough that we can talk, or I should say it's late enough that we can talk about what we're doing in June. We're doing two episodes um, on other Square Enix games. First, uh, one for FF14 Shadowbringers, then another one on Near Replicant, because a lot of people are playing that remake right now, and a lot of people are going to be excited to talk about it uh, once uh, they've rolled credits on a, a couple of the endings, let's say. And uh, but, but following Shadowbringers and Replicant, we are doing two episodes on Knights in the Nightmare, which is a really interesting... Um, I think it was developed by Sting, a game for the PSP and DS around the 2008 to 2010 range. A couple people on, the, on RPG Fan are huge fans of that game, so it, at least enough for two dedicated episodes on it coming in June. But listeners, if you want to talk about our upcoming episodes or anything at all, you can email us. Retro at RPGFan.com is the best way to reach us. You can also visit RPG Fan's message boards, our Facebook page, Instagram page, Twitter page, Discord server, YouTube channel, Twitch channel, something streaming every day on Twitch and a couple times a month on YouTube. Uh, there are also three other fine podcasts on RPG Fan. Rhythm Encounter about RPG music, Phoenix Edge, a weekly podcast mostly focused on current events, and Random Encounter about random topics and formerly hosted by you, Rob Steinman. <laughs> I know, I know. I've been retired for a while. But uh, Greg Delmage and John O'Logan are, do a fabulous job hosting ret- uh, Random Encounter every two weeks. Yes, they do. And you can also, and you can also listen to them uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, and But wherever you find your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, whatever, please rate and review retro encounter random encounter and all the others that rpg uh fan hosts we love feedback give us feedback but if you want to give us feedback individually and personally and not uh just on a podcast page how can listeners find us uh starting with you zach uh you can email me at zach w at rpgfan.com or you can find me on discord at zach w and rob is it is can people find you nope don't have a social media presence that's just the way i am i am old I come closer to wanting to have that for myself every day, and one day it will happen, but uh, not quite yet. But before I get to my social media, Wes, how can listeners find you? Uh, if you want to, you can always check me out at Wes Eilif on Twitter. Uh, otherwise, you know, check out the stuff I've written for RPG Fan. It's fun. It's cool. It's hip. 
That's right, all four of us have written things for RPG Fan many times, and if you search our names on that website, you can find our writing oeuvre as well. But if you want to find my social media oeuvre, the easiest way is Twitter. I'm at the real monsoon most of the time, at Evoker for Dogs other times, and I'm also Monsoon Mike on RPG Fan's Discord. So we have a lot of Dragon Quest ahead of us, gentlemen, and I should get to my ladies of the 80s playthrough of Dragon Quest Four soon. Maybe <laughs> go for a final party of Lady Hero, Elena, uh, and then the two, um, uh, what are they, like the wizard priest sisters? The sisters. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I, they changed the names of them from the NES to the DS, and I, and I still mix them up. I'm, I'm, I'm a bad fan, obviously. But uh, listeners, you aren't bad fans. So from the London Silly Nannies, the Cobra Claw Dojo, Bloodbath and Beyond, and the Tortured Groans, thank you, good night, and good luck.